today we're doing a special kind of election episode, but um, I just wonder how um, uh, your town took the news uh, of Biden's victory. Uh, I think we found out when was it? When? No, no, Thursday. I can't remember. After the, either. Or it's Friday. been dragging out. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The co- the, my colleague brain can't tell the linear dates anymore. Uh-huh. Basically, I had just the weirdest thing. I wonder how it happened for you because mm-hmm. obviously this part of LA is I mean, fully blue and like yeah, bro, mm-hmm. like Democratic Party. Um, I woke up pretty early in the morning from because people uh, are were just driving down the street and we live on a bit, pretty big street our apartment mm-hmm. is and uh, like yelling and it's not very mm-hmm. typical for this neighborhood to, to have that at like 7.30 in the morning and you, mm-hmm. you could tell there was like elation it's almost like some kind of you know carnival like mm-hmm. mood <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so and that kept it so I woke up like this to, <laughs> to them yelling mm-hmm. and then it kept going all day like mm-hmm. it was proceedings and stuff what, what is it like in Buffalo? It was very mixed where I was anyway. I mean, and, and you know, we're, we're very red and red and blue, depending on where you are. Um, mm. I think mm-hmm. my, my, my immediate area leans a little more blue, even mm-hmm. just going by the lawn signs that were more Biden, you know, than Trump. Um, but I'm surrounded by red. There's tons of Trump country in Western New York. So it sort of tamps down on, I, there was definitely no celebrating in the streets that I was, <laughs> that I was hearing about. I was sad. I was envious of like New York city, people I knew in New York city and everything who were talking about the celebrations. I didn't hear about any. Well, I guess then <laughs> that's, it's uh, maybe California or like LA, New York, yeah, I don't know, DC cities in California, especially yeah, LA. Very intense because we yeah. drove then just like around lunchtime or whatever brunch time, which is like people to take very seriously here. I imagine mm-hmm. it was either Friday or Saturday actually it was because the brunch, what is it? Weekend phenomenon. Yeah. Stupid weekend phenomenon. Yeah. I think we drove around Hollywood and Melrose and there were literal proceedings of people, mm-hmm. usually pretty young people, like girls and like kind of boys in pretty expensive cars, like mm-hmm. sticking out with American flags from them, which, oh, you wow. know, is if we were thinking like, oh, so they had the American flags because for a while, right? American yeah. flag is kind of like Trump and it's like America's yeah. bad. Yeah. And now, no, they had the whole time. And they this had is them the day store <laughs> them just for such an occasion. Yeah. yeah. And I realized, oh, OK. And basically it felt like America is great again. And I know there were oh, tweets like that. Mm. all over i get it but looking at it is interesting they were genuinely it wasn't like some kind of i don't mm. know no one forced them to do it there was like genuine sense of like elation and people mm-hmm. in this somehow mostly you could see it like very expensive i don't know mercedes jeep like mm-hmm. zooming out yelling with flags and they're pretty young and you know i don't know and also certain part of the neighborhood was somehow felt a bit like both gay parade and election celebration which mm-hmm. I understand them like it's a big win but mm-hmm. but it was really weird feeling like ultimately it was like the subset of very rich LA people mm-hmm. who were like head over hills and yelling and yeah. you're supposed to cheer back and yeah. everyone is like yeah it's, it's it was it was truly bizarre I didn't really expect it that way I didn't either reading about it I was I was a little shocked because I was kind of with with the onion which had a great headline that made the rounds something about you know you know the jubilation over the defeat of Trump Trump quickly sours as people realize you know that means Biden won that's exactly <laughs> exactly how I felt they put it better than that but I mean it was exactly right so yeah so I mean I'm of course it's hard not to be glad not to to feel like you're going to be free of the daily Trump bullshit. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) But I didn't think there was going to be dancing in the streets and shit. I mean, that was the first time Obama was elected. I remember coming out. I was literally in class because he won so much faster than anyone, than people predicted and coming out. Mm -hmm. And the whole Berkeley campus, all of Berkeley was just out in the streets, just celebrating. And that that made sense because many, many people, of course, got very, very fooled. By Obama, including myself at the very beginning, I'm ashamed to say. But um, but this surprised me. <laughs> this surprised me. But but that that time when everyone was dancing, at least it felt like I don't know. I guess more appropriate, almost, right? Yeah, it, I it, figured it felt that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, because it's interesting, you know, like uh, the Obama election. Yash and me were in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were watching it at this American diner, famous mm-hmm. diner, where Exile Crew used to hang out called Starlight. Mm-hmm. I don't know even if it still exists, and they would basically do live 
American election, you know. And so we were mm-hmm. watching, <laughs> we were watching, and we were uh, so Moscow's way had. I don't know, is it eight or nine hours ahead of New York? Anyway, we were mm-hmm. ahead. So we were kind of, we were sitting there, like, um, kind of seeing how it all turning to Obama. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it's weird, like a lot of, like expatriates were also like very, very, very excited about it. Mm-hmm. But somehow, presciently, he didn't have the excitement somehow. He figured it out early. <laughs> yeah, excitement. No, it was great. I mean, sure, like, I guess you can say it's, you know, it was a historical moment, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, but he had some kind of insight that it's not like, doesn't seem like like a radical revolutionary situation. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's this is the president now. So, yeah, anyway, and, and turned out he was right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. more, more than right. Right. To be sort of cautious and not, and I, what the hell, I didn't, don't, didn't know anything. So I didn't have actually any opinion. So. But yeah, but I, I remember that night actually watching. Yeah, and this one is just, it's, I don't know why. It's probably Kamala. I don't know why people, because so many young people were in the streets here dancing, yelling, which actually kind of assaulted all my senses. But I don't know. I, I guess the, the real excitement was, I guess, vice president, because I couldn't I imagine guess. that they were that oh excited God. specifically for Biden. You know what I mean? Yeah. And getting so, excited about Kamala Harris. My God. I know, I, mean, I know, but it seems like they were. They were they oh were no, definitely I agree. There's a lot of a lot of people thrilled. Having heard that have you seen the image having her walk hand in hand with what's the name of the little girl who helped integrate schools? She's very famous. Ah, and I'm blanking. But uh, yeah, she, her shadow is walking along holding hands with Kamala Harris. And somebody again, really funny meme, somebody said, you know, neglecting to mention that, you know, Kamala Harris probably would have you know <laughs> arrested her parents <laughs> or threatened to if she was ever truant. <laughs> you know, that was that was Kamala Harris. Um, advocating that parents should be arrested if their kids <laughs> Um, you know, skip school. She's just, she's just the the ultimate cop, and it's so she's amazing. A cop, yeah. Yeah, she's a people... cop in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the people but, love. But you know, and yeah. she's like, I watched the briefly her victory speech, Biden's mm. victory speech. Hers was almost like less sincere. She just like has almost. I don't know, anti-charisma. It's even weird. <laughs> like she smiles and, and it makes you shiver. There, there's that element. I don't know. She doesn't fake it very well. The, mm. the warm, the warmth. Mm. But and then there are obviously like jokes already forming around. You heard like, "Whoa, finally the Veep, the show, <laughs> coming to life!" Right? Because it's right. sort of this yeah. ball buster kind of like woman <laughs> vice president. <laughs> right. But I'm like, no, it's not true. Selena Meyer is so much, so much better, and mm-hmm. like more. I don't know, personable. Even if she's like a rich bitch. <laughs> So I, I have a hard time to even keep keep myself interested. Yeah, it's in a this. super unexciting <laughs> democratic ticket to say the, to say the least. It's amazing yeah. that they pulled out a win, really. But apparently, apparently they did. I mean, who everyone is staying tuned, I'm sure, to find out if it's really going to take or if we're going to get any fireworks. It doesn't seem to me we are, but maybe, maybe, who knows? We'll see. Um, Trump might have a few, a few more, a few more gambits. I don't know. It's hard to, yeah, hard no, to imagine. Yeah, like he's not. He's definitely not giving up yet. Interesting to watch his Twitter. Mm. He, he's uh, he's still counting, <laughs> counting the votes and stuff. You <laughs> right, know, right. and calling it all fake. Well, I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so shall we? Yes, let's proceed with our with our election episode and of course there's lots and lots of movies you know that you, we could talk about but um you know you especially uh, zeroed in on a couple of films that seem you know relevant um mm-hmm. in, in various ways to to the election we've just gone through one i i had never even heard of it's a 2003 film um called uh spinning boris it's based mm-hmm. on loosely based i gather on actual events where three american political consultants who just had been on the uh, losing um mm-hmm. Pete wilson campaign um get get hired away um to go help the boris yeltsin campaign kind of secret secretly behind the scenes um mm-hmm. in russia and start Jeff Goldblum and, and and Lee Schreiber and who's the third one Anthony Paglia LaPaglia um and yeah so I that was it was a quite a revelation to me because I had never even heard of this film um and I thought it was a really fantastically funny highly recommend um that you see yeah, spinning very under like under the radar somehow completely yeah. and it's on by, by the way it's on Amazon Prime if you have Prime you got it and the other film I focused on somehow um, kind of connected I feel like and, and vibe at least in the humor to Spinning Boris is Dave an mm-hmm. old film of I- Ivan Reitman I think well sort of mm-hmm. old actually 93 93 yeah <laughs> that sort of <laughs> had a similar funny 
White House, but that's not in Moscow. That's like in DC, mm-hmm. sort of scheming, scheming yeah, political both, campaign both assume, advisors. Assume a very high level of corruption and chaos. Like it's exactly. not like anyone's an innocent. I guess other than the substitute Dave, who's brought in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to take the place of the president. I haven't seen this in years. I saw it so many years ago. I forget what happens to him. He dies when he's sleeping. He's having sex with his mistress. Is that what it is? No, the original I, president. So Dave is a movie which <laughs> I don't know. I, I, said, I told Eileen that uh, yeah, it's he's a substitute. I told that oh, it seems mm-hmm. like relevant to, potentially to our mm-hmm. situation in America now, but I don't know because people joking about Biden uh, dying in office. I right, definitely right. there were a few jokes around that. Anyway, so in Dave is a movie uh, about um, sort of a Dave is a guy. He's just um, an owner of a temp agency, which by the way, not clear why he's so good because temp agencies not necessarily like <laughs> some kind of holy, saintly place. That, that, right. That, right? It's weird. It's like he's supposedly very pro-worker. Anyway, that's a guy, Dave. But he mm-hmm. has like a comedic talent and he likes impersonating presidents president, on some right, like yeah. small events. And somehow, like, uh, if you either advisors to presidents, because he also lives in D.C., I think, or, yeah, he also lives in D.C., uh, Dave, they see his impersonation and they realize that he would be great as a president double because they're always looking for a better president double for certain occasions. Mm-hmm. And they hire him. And then really quick, like within just, I don't know, a few days or something like that. Yeah, the president kind of not fully dies, but uh, suffers like horrible cardiac arrest when um, sort of having sex with his uh, secretary. Right. And uh, yeah, and and basically the political, his um, chief of staff and I think speechwriter, they kind of want to hide it because they don't want to give vice president a chance to take power. And so they hide a president, they make Dave kind of the like 20. 24-7 sort of impersonator. I mm-hmm. teach him a few things and yeah, and that's it. I, I won't say more. And it's a really hilarious film. And the most surprising thing, it's a film by Ivan Reitman. And usually Ivan Reitman is, you know, he's a pretty classical kind of Hollywood mm-hmm. sort of happy aunt director. But this one surprised me that yeah, it sort of assumes such a profound <laughs> level of corruption in America mm-hmm. and in DC and in the White House and cynicism that I almost, it's still a sweet movie, but you kind of think, whoa, that's actually kind of radical. Like almost the same level of corruption that they show in Russia, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or if not, I mean, the same, definitely not, <laughs> not um, somehow lesser. So that's what surprised, what surprised me about it. Yeah, and, it's it's, a really, yeah. and I think it's definitely a, a, a trend that happened like overall that's that's what you see even in comedy even in really light films so like primary colors if you've Mm -hmm. ever seen the mike nichols um um film written by elaine may um about about clearly modeled on the clintons it's it's amazing how it's all about how bringing coming into a corrupt political situation are a Mm -hmm. corrupt couple of politicos (laughs) you know modeled (laughs) on bill clinton and hillary clinton and and so much of it centers on how much of their corruption is going to get revealed and in what way and what cutthroat things are they going to have to do um, to ta- and they'll do anything basically is what we find out by the end mm-hmm. and there's like I think one semi-innocent person if I'm remembering this right again I haven't seen it years um, mm-hmm. who's who's actually a couple who are who are just shocked to the core and kind of one, one is destroyed by finding out how terrible they are but just that idea that it isn't even the system corrupting them it's they're they're already corrupt they're already <laughs> <Yeah>. fully <laughs> scatteringly corrupt and it's just a matter of how bad are they and that that, that is i think the move that we see in recent years in films huh. What do you mean in recent, like like in recent decades? You mean yes. If you go way back, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not a long that long a history. It's surprising if you go into like looking at films where electioneering, like gearing up for political conventions and elections and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a, that long of a history of filmmaking where there's a lot of films made about it. Like Candidate, um, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. 1972's The mm-hmm. Candidate, or The Best Man, 1964, or you know, uh, State of the Union, 1948. It's a real, really, you really see it pick up steam in post World War II, and especially after. And this is just for me. I, I was researching a piece that wound up never running. Uh, I never actually completed it, but I was researching a piece just on the political convention film, and and it really 
gathers steam, that type of film after 1952, when the first televised um, convention, political convention um, is shown. It's the Democratic mm-hmm. convention of, of, um, of the one that, that brings uh, finally Adelaide Stevenson becomes the nominee. Of course, he loses to Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time people got to watch the convention on TV. It had always been covered by radio since the 20s before that. And it made such a huge impression on people as a super exciting event. It was very different than you didn't literally didn't know who was going to be your nominee. So I think there was three different ballots before Stevenson came out ahead, for example. So it was super exciting, super kinetic TV. But it also gives rise to this idea that that the process itself, which is all loaded with Bollywood, you know, you've, you've seen films that sh- show the convention hall with everyone wearing silly hats and banners and bright lights and bands are playing and people are cheering for everything. It, it really gave rise to like a lot of also a kind of fearful sense that TV was now going to dominate. Um, there was something corrupting about the whole political atmosphere that could ruin candidates. That, that That's where you get the idea that the, the, the telegenic, the, the candidate who's good on TV is going to have an unfair advantage. Slick professionals are going to be the ones who win, not the authentic community-based candidate who might have good value. Mm-hmm. So you start getting – if you've ever seen probably Manchurian candidates, the best example, mm-hmm. still the most yes. famous – where you just get great scenes of, uh, of what conventions are like, um, you know, almost kind of, almost kind of showing you what the impact would have been on 1952 TV when you just. The super glaring lights and the the ballyhoo and the crazy. Of course, it's all going to lead up to a shooting. <laughs> um, um, if you remember Manchurian Candidate, which is a great film, um, but that that kind of thing really gives rise to a, a different kind of plot line, which it tends to be like like 1972's The Candidate. Even if you bring a good person in or you have a good decent person who's a candidate, they're going to be ruined by this by the process of running for running for office itself. Mm-hmm. is horribly corrupting. So it seems yeah. like it's an amazingly cynical thing that, really, again, really really starts post-World War II, um, but picks up after 1952, where our process itself is bad. <laughs> and it drives people <laughs> to their worst selves. So you see it in The Best Man. Often the candidate who's going to prove their, their decency and their worth mm-hmm. and their, wor- their worthiness to be in office is the candidate who decides not to to leave, to quit. <laughs> so if you see that in State of the Union, which is a Frank Capra movie of 1948, um, you see it in The Best Man, where the Adlai Stevenson-like Democratic candidate who's been willing to go pretty cutthroat finally just says no. I, he just hits the wall of how, how bad he's willing to be and bails. And, so that, and by doing that, demonstrates ironically that he is the best man. For, for the office, but of course he proves it by, by saying I won't do this anymore. So that seemed like a real mm-hmm. dominant narrative that takes over, but but we've gone now one, a step or two beyond that to no, so it's, cor- <laughs> it's fully corrupt. It's corrupt people getting involved already in, which, in a corrupt system and it's just corruption everywhere. And we laugh but you, you know, this one somehow feels more t- like it fits our times thinking and yes. kind of witnessing. I, you're like not thinking oh yeah, of course she or he doesn't matter, wanted to be a public servant and then, well, the system is bad and all this compromise right. Right. And then now we have this. No, no, no. <laughs> Pretty no. nasty people try to get in there and are <laughs> yes. getting in there. And this yes. kind of view, at least, I mean, how I grew up, I'm, I mean, a bit younger. This seems way more rel- <laughs> relevant somehow. I don't know. That, uh, that other thing about being kind of having this fairly uh, decent, <laughs> decent mm-hmm. people corrupted by the process, that narrative is, I don't know, semi-dead. <laughs> it is. I mean, occasionally you'll hear people say that. Like, I remember, you know, when Trump first won and I was first in DSA and we were we would be talking about how we just got to start with down ballot stuff. We've just got to start desperately running, running for office. We just can't have this. Um, and and almost everyone you asked who seemed like gifted speaker, really knowledgeable mm-hmm. politically, all these things. They would always say no. You'd be like, why don't you run? God, no, I wouldn't run. Are you kidding? Just like this horrible like sense of that is the most ruinous thing you could do to yourself. It's like uh-huh. you know, the, the absorption of the, but So there was still a kind of sense of 
if you're any in any way a decent, worthwhile person, you you just don't <laughs> run. You're not going to run. Yeah, but you know what? It's so warped. Like if I step back, I mean, I totally get 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 it and I understand this. I've got to feel it almost in my bones. But on the mm. other hand, it's almost like these are the people who should do it. It's like you see the person doesn't want to do it, is not vain mm-hmm. and and like empty and like empty vessel. Like mm-hmm. you should force people <laughs> people like that to run. It's almost should be the opposite. People who really want it actually. Yeah. People who really want it, it's very questionable because it's so hard. Why they want it? Oh, because, oh, they might be like corrupt, narcissistic, vain assholes. Mm-hmm. And those who don't should be somehow pushed into it. So, yeah, I feel like it should be somehow the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've definitely lost the old the old Capra notion that a single person, you know, Capra, he's not given credit for mm-hmm. it, but he'd often identify a system that was wholly corrupt. But but what where the idealism came in is he'd always suggest a Jimmy Jimmy Stewart like character can come along and challenge the entire corrupt yeah. world of politics and somehow, you know, triumph over it and hold that and mm-hmm. therefore hold it at bay and you kind of trust him because jimmy stewart comes off as a, exactly it's not about acting it's like you look at it and you think what a man kind of what a great man and <laughs> right? authentic it was that at least at least at the time when he was a top actor he seemed like no yeah. that is a guy from whatever name your midwestern town mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was from i forget indiana pennsylvania and his father ran a hardware store and all the rest of it he really did have a kind of background that fit what people thought of him like that is the authentic everyman American. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a wonderful life, David. Exactly. It's almost <laughs> it's funny. Very much so. I, yeah, I know people find it corny, whatever. They do. But no, if it but, if you do yeah. it right and cast it like this, it's like real. <laughs> oh, know. Capra, I'm sorry. People pe- he was a great filmmaker. Fucking Son of a bitch and a closet right winger. Most people didn't know in his heyday. <laughs> really? That I didn't he, know. Oh, okay. no, almost everyone thought he was left because he hired su- ultra political. His All of his screenwriters are, were ultra left. No, that's it, what I thought. That's yes. what I, I didn't know he was. Oh, yeah. He'd work with. I mean, Sidney Buchan was was a complete commie wound up being blacklisted total communist party member um so and robert riskin very far left um and he didn't care because they could because he was being very secretive about his politics he didn't want to alienate part of his audience he was the most popular and celebrated um, filmmaker of the 1930s and into the 1940s and he kind of kept it on the down low but he was a big fan of like mussolini and franco and yeah oh yeah yeah very very conservative right winger um which comes out later most people again Catherine hepburn signed on she was a liberal left liberal Mm -hmm. signed on to do the movie state of the union thinking he was left and he, and he's finding out he wasn't. It was very shocked when she was in the middle of filming to find out what his attitudes really were. I mean, his 30s, 1930s films are celebrated as, at the time, progressive films. The Daily Worker complimented him on his highly highly left progressive filmmaking like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So Yeah, or yeah, or yeah. even it's wonderful life, even like yes. sort of subliminally when you, you don't have to say the words and the parties. You kinda of feel he's this kind of yeah. I don't know. I guess I've been super naive. Man of the uh, people, he's some he's humanist yeah absolutely some humanist trying to lefty. build <laughs> decent housing that's affordable. That's his whole life's mission, however reluctantly he takes it on, but still he's he goes up against the evil capitalist, Mr. Potter. You know, yeah, that that's what we know Frank Cap for but what is that about why i don't then i don't understand it i think like he we, just again he was i think he was equivocal but he's just you know he was he he was one of those immigrant characters he came from utter dire poverty he was a sicilian immigrant mm-hmm. his family were laborers they were very very poor he bootstrapped he really did bootstrap his way up from absolutely nothing and on his own you know, kind of right yeah. on his own absolutely it's it's kind of awesome how he managed to do it but that that often leads to a kind of right wing. If I could do it, everyone should have to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know why you think you'd go exactly the opposite way. No one should have to go through what I had to go through to get <laughs> somewhere. No. In life. But so often it goes the other way. And it did in his case. And he, and he did get more and more conservative over the years. So, you know, he wasn't quite as bad in the 30s. And, you know, he sounded he was kind of more equivocal. But he but he, again, he was always drawn to like dictator 
type characters in a really disturbing way as well. I see it. So I, then it kind of makes sense, sort of the great man, because, you know, the man who can yes. sort of, I don't know, create their own <laughs> their life and just against Who's the, gonna all, be, yes, all the odds. Exactly. He, so I think that's yeah. part of where the confusion comes in. And Meet John Doe is the, is the film that, that people often watch and go, okay, now I'm starting to see a little kind of quasi proto-fascist <laughs> qualities in Capra starting to emerge that it's not clear he's, he is even aware of himself. Yeah. So he's a kind of troubling figure. But at yeah. any rate, he really did believe, you know, you really kept holding that up as that's the greatness of America, that an mm-hmm. individual can, can pit himself. This is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. A mm-hmm. lot of it is he can pit himself against the whole system. Um, and somehow fight it, be able to fight it and beat it. Um, mm-hmm. And that he believed that. And, you know, but nevertheless, you can always say, but yeah, but he's got such a black vision of America. <laughs> There's no, no one ever had more suicidal protagonists mm-hmm. than, than Capra. He, they always sink into black despair. It's a wonderful life too. Really a dark film. I mean, it's really, it's, but then it's, they it's, go up, but then they turn around and then they come back and then they fight. And then they show in America that individual can, can always bite, battle the system. But mm-hmm. we start losing that again. So by the time you get to like the candidate, if you haven't seen that, it's it's a Michael Ritchie film. He did Bad News Bears. I'm a big fan of Bad News Bears. I also like this one. It's all about how you've got a guy played by Robert Redford at his most like annoyingly ultra handsome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, cu- oh, I couldn't. Unbearable <laughs> almost. He's so vain. It comes right <laughs> off the film. The hair. Something <laughs> about the hair. Did you see the hair? hair. Oh, yes, it I is think the it's hair. Like the hair. Yeah, I know he's like amazingly handsome, but something about the hair that also speaks just not handsome, but like vain, 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 vain. vain. And that's, I think it's one of the worst films for that. That it really is obvious that it's it's his self love. But Peter Boyle gives a great performance as the as the as the guy who winds up managing his campaign. He's a guy who doesn't want to be in politics because his father was like a California governor and is a wily um, kind of gleefully corrupt old bastard played by Melvin Douglas who's very entertaining and he doesn't want to be that so he's this environmental passionate environmentalist and a lawyer and and but he gets drafted to 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 run and he's the idea is he's not they don't even expect him to win he's going up against an incumbent who supposedly can't be beat so they're like look we just want you to Give a good showing and it'll allow you to get your ideas out there. But the, you mm-hmm. don't have a prayer. But, you know, and of course, there's always the which we also see in in um, spinning Boris, the what's in it for the people who are working on the campaign, the people who are running the campaign. It's always for them. It's a career. So I've got to mm-hmm. make a good showing so I can go on to my next. <laughs> I can get Thing, a leg yeah. up to my next gig. So that's Peter Boyle, this complete cynic. Um, but of course, as he, as he gets drawn into the process of campaigning, it is in itself corrupting. So everything he swore he wouldn't do, he winds up doing. He winds up going to beg his father for his endorsement. He winds up doing everything he never planned to do. He's 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 qualifying all of his beliefs. He's he's doing every kind of corrupt spin. And by the end, he wins because <laughs> the <laughs> system is set up that he should win. And then, and of course, the famous line in the film is he turns to Peter Boyle and he says, "Now what do we do?" Because of course, there was never any plan that he would. <laughs> He would know how to be a senator or, or be good at, at government. He has no fucking clue. That's very Trump, actually. Yeah. <laughs> now what do we do? Exactly, isn't it? It's like, very oh, much wait, so, yeah. I won. But, yeah. yeah. It's like, now what? I don't, now I don't what? know. But of course, Trump <laughs> wouldn't have said shit. He'd have been like, of course. Yeah. No, not publicly, but I bet behind the doors, it's like, okay, how you how you have this job? What's the, <laughs> <laughs> so what exactly that's about? What I have to do? But, but you know what? One thing about this, it's super interesting to me because I didn't know about this kind of like switch um, in terms of like the Hollywood representation of mm-hmm. election and political system from sort of potentially good people get corrupted mm-hmm. by the system to to <laughs> corrupted system mm-hmm. and corrupt people who want to join it. Yeah. That's kind of the, the newer, like, I don't the know, newer 80s, version, 90, yeah. like the newer version. But at the same time, again, I don't know how well you remember Dave. To mm-hmm. me, it's fresh. I watched it. I don't know, Not too ago. much. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's interesting? So Dave, I mean, again, 93, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty late for, for this type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it definitely, despite uh, the kind of the pretty grim view of like the White House, the kind of pretty cynical practice, 
president who mm-hmm. talks about oh for the people solidarity blah blah means means nothing and he definitely mm-hmm. like some kind of like stealing the budget behind pe- the people's back but at the same time the Dave who's this really good simple guy kind of comic and uh, owner of the temp agency uh, he goes uh, I'm not gonna re- like talk details about the plot mm-hmm. for people who are gonna watch it but he goes basically against the entire system against this very shrewd um, uh, chief of staff played by mm-hmm. Frank Langella and just like generally people behind the scenes pretty like uh, shrewd kind of cynical people and he w- he basically wins Mm-hmm. Some of some of the shrewd people become kind of like sort of, I guess, enchanted by his goodness and, and kind of mm. join. Oh, so it is a return to <laughs> yeah, like, kind of Capra yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. It kind of has this really dark initial uh, kind of view of the things, but the great mm-hmm. person, it's a bit of a Jimmy Stewart thing. Now, mm. when you said it, I, I just didn't think about it, didn't remember about it. It has the thing. And, and the actor, I know, I don't know. I don't know him. I don't Isn't know. Is it Kevin Klein? Kevin, Kevin Klein. Kevin yeah. Klein, right. I, I don't so. know what movies he was. <laughs> I'm not familiar. He's not like a movie star. But and he's yeah, definitely he not like, like a type. He's more like an actor, like in A Fish Called Wanda. He's different in different roles. So it's not like oh, he's a Jimmy Stewart with like a type that you're like, oh, uh-huh. the everyman so he, or the whatever. He's not like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess he's more like char- than character more like actor. more like a character right? actor, actor can, yeah. Okay, so I, then I, I might have seen him somewhere else, but just mm-hmm. don't recognize. Yeah, but he really pulls it off well. You sort of believe that he's this <laughs> decent man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, uh, yeah, he sort of sort of wins. I, I don't. Well, and he's helped by Sigourney Weaver as the as the president's wife, who's estranged from the president. Yes, estranged from the president, so uh, upset by not. his yeah. bad, not just like cheating, just general being like a corrupt asshole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's exactly. supposedly. Yeah, and doesn't she help Dave? Does she help him yeah, in some way? She sort of yeah. helps him. Eventually, she helps Dave, and yeah. then turns out. Well, that's that's exactly going back what I want to say about mm-hmm. Ivan Reitman. I don't know what what his political beliefs are mm-hmm. but he's a bit of Frank Copper character because Ivan Reitman is this uh, pretty old generation is he born in the 30s if not earlier really? Canadian I didn't uh, know he was that old is it? really am I wait Ivan Reitman am I yeah oh okay sorry I thought he's well, the senior 30, and no, a 46. junior Okay. No, no. Right. Ivan so Reitman, forty-six. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought he somehow should be dec- decade older, but uh-huh. he's not. Yeah, but he's um, a Canadian. Uh, I don't know. He comes from. Uh, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. He himself. No, he himself is actually an immigrant. You know, so mm-hmm. he has this kind of more almost rosy view of kind of the new world the way mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought always of him and that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense that in a way you know <laughs> he also pulled himself i guess by the bootstraps but mm-hmm. uh the way like frank copper coming from like poor sicilians right mm-hmm. uh ivan reitman kind of like poor poor sort of shtetl jews mm-hmm. uh from, from what i remember yeah and it's sort of this view of i don't know both yeah, I guess like America, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Canada, he, he moved to America later on. Mm-hmm. It sort of makes sense for, for mm-hmm. his generation. Well, and I had forgotten about the Sigourney Weaver as the formidable woman, because Capra mm-hmm. always had that too, often forgotten. Paired with the Jimmy Stewart-like figure, often sometimes it is Jimmy Stewart, sometimes it's someone else like him, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, Gary Cooper. There's always a formidable woman. Who is kind of on his side. Who takes his side, even though she almost always starts off as a total insider cynic who's totally in on the corruption, is super smart, way smarter than the man usually. But she doesn't have the right values. She's gotten corrupted Mm -hmm. because usually she comes out of hard circumstances. So it's Mm -hmm. either Jean Arthur or or Barbara Stanwyck. And so Hmm. they're always tough smart cynical and then they get they fall in love with the hero and they get drawn in by his better his better values his sweetness his everyman qualities and then they the, the formidable woman fights with him so and the, so they it, join forces and, so and her forces. smarts help him yeah yeah mm-hmm. so this the message seems to be like a naif coming in from the outside isn't enough there has to be the woman the woman huh. who really is smart and an insider has to join with him so people often forget that as well. It isn't Jimmy Stewart alone that's enough, <laughs> or or Gary Cooper or whatever. It's got it. You got to have the know-how. You got to be able to convert someone from the inside. Hmm. So that's, that's also important. No one focuses on this. I no don't want to be like, this. what about a woman? But that's interesting because it's so central to even the yes. plot itself. How yes. you actually pull off this sort of like <laughs> scheme. Yeah. Like, hmm. And Capra gets no credit for for like the great women characters, at least in the admittedly written by left wing screenwriters, but still these really great tough 
smart women who are the brains of the outfit. Yeah, he never gets any credit for that. Okay, well, in, in Dave, that's ex- now no, knowing the sort of... Yeah, the, Sigourney um, Weaver's the perfect type. Perfect. Yeah, she's like, she's like that. And that's exactly the kind of the, <laughs> the setup because mm-hmm. she's also sort of, she's initially good, but just hates her husband mm-hmm. for the right reasons. But she's definitely very kind of down and yeah, and she's trapped. an activist. Just yeah, trapped, trapped in kind of like an insight. original mm-hmm. woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Do nothing specifically <laughs> to to solve the problem, and and then she sort of joins forces and kind of joins mm-hmm. yeah, the good good <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the fight, and seems to be even like re- there's some kind of rebirth. She's almost like mm-hmm. becomes warmer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very much, of, yeah. Like, yeah, it's interesting. It's like I remember exactly her better to the somehow. prototype. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Then I remember the rest of the film because I like Sigourney Weaver. So <laughs> I was always hoping she'd get better roles. You know, <gasps> she kind of. No, she, did she? I, I don't know. She has some good roles. Some. I mean, obviously her aliens, but the, you know, she was so great in aliens that you're just like, why isn't she in a million action films? And she was so good. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I was thinking while watching this movie, I was like thinking, hmm, is there like anyone from, I mean, younger generation, mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver like? And I couldn't think of anyone. No, no. Who else is six feet tall with a jaw like clutch cargo? Yeah. Who looks like she could beat you up? And it's like, and actually has formidable like qualities of intelligence and power to go with it i mean we don't have anyone like that no but i think it's not that they're not there but it's it's hollywood even less not that they wanted her it's probably luck but Mm. even less inviting i think to (laughs) to women like that i imagine because it's Mm -hmm. just not it doesn't seem like all the faces i see on screen now i i don't know i we probably i probably talked already about it reminds me more and more uh the cast of starship troopers but on our own <laughs> yes how many I more denise like, richards types can you have yeah but it's like unironically and everywhere i'm like oh so so now ken and barbie uh, mm-hmm. seem to be occupying almost all roles outside mm-hmm. of the funny sort of comics who can be potentially overweight if they're funny or something like that and that's it <laughs> yeah. no but that's true and that's like the landscape <laughs> so yeah i don't know if there's any kind of place <laughs> specifically for you know for women like her but anyway so dave yeah mm-hmm. so dave just to finish the thought seems mm-hmm. to be fitting more into some kind of other almost decade despite it been made in the 90s you know mm-hmm. because it has this kind of quality of the of throwback yeah. to mm-hmm. yeah and i think if i remember right in the night it was in the 90s that there were attempts to try to try to do capra like films that generally failed if they were too literal I hope. this one sounds like it succeeded because it was only very loosely doing a few capra things but like there was one called oh, i'm forgetting the name of it and it just bombed and it was mm-hmm. an attempt to remake a capra film and now i'm forgetting what it is <laughs> because it bombed so bad <laughs> but yeah, even even the Cohen brothers tried to do Hudsucker Proxy, which is at least partially a camera like film, uh-huh. which I enjoy, but it, it bombed harder than I think any film they ever made. It just really? it was like a total failure, huh? Total. In fact, they, they, it was their biggest budget film to date, and they did it as a Capra film because they you know they like Capra and they wanted to make a kind of it has Sturge, Preston Sturgis elements too, but it's very Capra. Um, and they thought, no, this will be a crowd pleaser because because you know it's you know there's a lot of warmth and sentimentality to Capra films. They really thought they were get, going mainstream, and they, as they kept saying, we've been trying to sell out for years and just no one would give us a chance. Um, and then it just. <laughs> just bombed like hell so yeah yeah so so they gave that up but yeah it was one of the one of the attempts to revive capra that died hard yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's weird but yeah so dave definitely does it successfully mm-hmm. and not in a some kind of not too yeah, literally she's not even help. she's no no yeah. it's, it's a great it's a great movie and it's almost doesn't assume much about itself which is the best and i want to move to spinning bars because it's mm. the same way even though dave is clearly a much more famous movie it's, it still has the vibe of just like a small movie been made and turned out it become I think it, mm-hmm. it is considered a cult movie, Dave. But mm-hmm. no one really expected it that way. Yeah, and Spinning Boris, I don't know why the hell it's so deep into, I don't know, <laughs> annals of uh, Prime or any kind of renting service that no one knows about mm-hmm. it when I when I when I ask him and like yeah. sort of film buffs or something uh, and I think it's partially because of I don't know I don't want to introduce conspiracy theories maybe about the politics because it's so not a typical American film so I think not that's a- right it takes such an absolute cynical view of the entire not our political process you know you know it should be shown to everyone who bought Russiagate 
Yeah. I, I, I was at a dinner mm-hmm. party arguing with, with people who had totally bought Russiagate. And I said, you realize America has interfered in every, <laughs> in every continue. And they're like, I don't think that's true. And even if so, it wouldn't matter. And I'm like, what do you mean it wouldn't matter? It wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually were infuriated at the, the very suggestion. But th- this film is a perfect example. And it's completely casual about it. Like, sure. Of course we are. But, you know, speaking of the, yeah, the people you're arguing with, because mm. I had similar arguments throughout, like, in the last few, few two, three years uh, since Trump got elected. But mm-hmm. uh, I figured that's the only reason if you get to those people to admit it's just like mm-hmm. they don't necessarily like this two words. It's like American exceptionalism. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly right. It doesn't matter if America does it because we're, we, we are good. <laughs> and it's like, let's say, do you know how many, like, I don't know, people in America killed or American military? Yes, the CIA, anyone? Uh, Oh, yes. It's not the same. Why is it not the same? Well, <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> yeah, because we're better. It's another man. So, and I was like really confused. I'm kind of late to, you know, mm. I lived here for a while, but I'm late to catching up with it. I'm like, wait, there is an American exception that is so real. Mm-hmm. Like it's somehow, which makes this society so much more in some in some way propagandized than many others more, mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you call it? Authoritarian or authoritarian because at least people are actually questionable and very suspicious of their own. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, is it both government and the ideas of what the countries are? But this, yeah, this place is really interesting that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so Spinning Boris, one mm-hmm. of the, it, it's cool that you immediately uh, mentioned that in relation to Russiagate, because mm-hmm. what I love about it, that they're like, so I think it's line, um, a line from um, uh, Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. saying democracy, who, who they're playing this, um, you know, like political consultants to mm-hmm. Boris Yeltsin 1996 campaign. Um, but he basically said democracy. Democracy is our biggest expert <laughs> in, in this very kind of cynical way. And as you say, very casually, uh-huh. uh, basically also, you know, just the line is great, but also they're kind of the way the, way the, mo- the movie clearly shows that the art of propaganda and deceit and this kind of scheming comes mm-hmm. like straight from America. And this Americans kind of come to help and educate in, in many ways and share their insights and knowledge of this, <laughs> of this, um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> basically different uh, media propaganda techniques with the Russians. So there is no question if you watch this movie and there's historical accuracy there, what's like comes first? Like what's A, what B? Not that Russia comes first with some mm-hmm. very um, advanced cynical moves, but it's actually they learned it from Americans. That's what I kind of love, I guess, the morale. Yeah, in fact, it's... It- they, there's a character of Boris Gelson's daughter, I forget her first name, but Tatiana. she's a prominent <laughs> character. Yeah, Tatiana. And she's the idealist who keeps saying, we don't want to do that. That's not true. Or that's so undignified. You know, that's kind of a disgusting she's practice. Like, Papa is not like that. Papa wouldn't you like have to it. preserve <laughs> his dignity, which is funny when you think about Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> but still, I mean, she goes through the, she's constantly butting heads, at least in the early, in the early scenes with Jeff Goldblum and, and the other, and the other consultants, because they want to do, of course, all the typical things, all the typical spin that America does all the time and that no one, he's, they're just like complete cynics, these guys. Yeah, I think, they, I think from what I remember, like details of it, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, they immediately want to go for the throat and yes. do... Gotta uh, go negative. Black, negative. Yeah, negative <laughs> on the um, gotta, rivals, yes. which is like a sort of a communist candidate. Yeah, and Tatiana, versus <laughs> Yeltsin's daughter, is like, oh no, what's, Papa is not a person like that. And and, and they're like really pushy yeah. <laughs> to sort of start smearing opposition. Like, Absolutely. Really, and it's just standard practice yes Mm -hmm. and and the funny thing because i I don't know that's kind of my insight because i sort of grew up around that even if i was a kid Mm -hmm. and i watched the movie i don't know might be i don't know maybe like a decade ago and then i watched it but basically uh researching about it there's so much truth to it and then you can find if you someone wants to really i don't know nerd out uh there are this crazy um sort of short um campaign videos that i at this point i think they're on youtube and might be even there might be subtitles titles english subtitles but they're mm-hmm. in russian with this when they went negative because it did happen mm-hmm. and when they went negative i mean it looks it, i just i cannot believe it's not fictional because mm-hmm. what they show with this like going negative uh, for boris yeltsin to win and to scare people um mm-hmm. into supposedly not voting for anyone else and especially for a communist candidate is they show some kind of like um starvation uh it's almost like some kind of going back to uh yeah hunger of <laughs> i don't know proportion of either first or second world war 
horror mm-hmm. of complete this industrialization of everything and this this almost I don't even know what to compare some kind of almost like looks like some Holocaust is coming if mm-hmm. Boris Yeltsin not gonna win mm-hmm. and it, it, this is this is actually really outrageous mm-hmm. like the fact that uh, the president uh, who was who already president for a number of years and they tried to elect him who is pretty incapacitated by both alcoholism and the cardiac arrests which was mm-hmm. true uh, and there was horrible po- poverty and just complete collapse of the of the state under him uh, smearing all the other candidates mm-hmm. with actually the stuff that God, you're really going to have social gonna, unrest now <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he's not guilty of but it's already there so mm-hmm. it's, it's actually tr- truly knowing just like how the events unravel just the, the literal history of it makes this movie both like a like a jam but and so I, I'm still surprised how the hell it's, it was made I I, ca- I cannot believe it. I tried to look into it, and the director. I've never really watched any of his other project movies. Have you, Roger Spottiswood? Spottiswood, no, and he's a name, and I, and I, I actually looked him up, and now I'm forgetting some of his credits. He's kind of a yeah, very third tier name. Yeah, and yeah, I meant not, like not even be, might, oh, I don't know the sixth day he directed. I think that was Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to remember like E or C kind of. Level director, I guess. Yeah, uh, Canadian I, I British know, director. Blah blah blah. I mean, I mean, I meant to write down, and I forgot. I was Do-de-do. looking. Yeah, I think the bigger one, the Sixth Day, and I don't know. I, I didn't watch. Hooch. That's one people will know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's it's just a really super mediocre career when you're looking at. Yeah. It's like the Sixth Day, Tomorrow Never Dies, Stop or My That's Mom right, Will right. Shoot. Remember that attempt by Sylvester Stallone to be do comedy? Oh. Uh, really? Oh, I watched that movie. It's him. It's, uh, it's yeah, that's uh, one of his. Movie? Yeah, I'm just reading them off. Okay, his I watched that movie. List. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Turner well, and Hooch Turner- might still be his most famous one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, in short, without <laughs> naming all the credits to his name, yeah, it's sort of you don't expect anything from this guy in yeah. a way. I mean, again, no offense, and yet this movie is great. <laughs> and I don't know. That might be the script, or again, I don't know. I don't know what what when it comes and from. I think it is because yeah. it's so unsparing and it's in its cynical attitudes that that you're just it's just it seems fresh in its refusal to you know by the end admittedly there's a kind it, it gets a little it gets a little warmer and more sentimental but you after all you've seen you can't even really regard it that way and and, and Jeff Goldblum my god what a great role for him he that guy is should have been so much a huger star than he is he should have had a million leads he's just hilarious every line no, but he has many he's really. huge oh no, no of course he's beloved and famous but yeah. i mean I still think he should have had a million more leads than he ever got. I just think he's too dangerous. It was it was easier to slot him into kind of second tier roles where he said said ironic things in the background, like in uh, what's the one Jurassic Park? He was always the most fun thing in Jurassic Park, you know. But at any rate, it's my favorite scenes in the film are, are when they're you know they hit a million obstacles and think it's all it's all going down in flames and they have to keep pulling out fresh ideas. And one of them is to call Dick Morris and get get Bill Clinton in on this, get him to say <laughs> something. And, and there's some wonderful lines that they have Dick Morris, the ultimate cynic, saying where one of them is, oh, sure, unexpectedly, he's totally happy to do this thing. You know, they're, they're, they're dreading calling him. And he says something like, you give me the laundry, you give me the laundry list i.e. of what you want of what you want Bill Clinton to say and all fluff and fold so that kind of kind of awful like smarmy you know insider political like patter is exactly the way he talks he always has some smarmy way of expressing things and then the next thing you know they've got footage of Clinton <laughs> with Yeltsin together and I think they're holding a plant or something and there's all this stuff of how they've how they've made Russia you know safer and better and their economy is recovered and all this other stuff and it's really, really effective of like how how easy it was, if it's advantageous, to pull in an American president to start stumping for his candidate in Russia. It was really well done, really nicely done. It's ultra, ultra cynical. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. But it, what, what also great, I don't know how it was, again, pulled off in terms of that it's still a Hollywood movie, even if it's cheap and kind of minor one, and no one fucking knows about it. Um, so the uh, real, um, this American consultants uh, who did work in Moscow mm. in this campaign, they were 
uh, like, there, first of all, there's like an article. I can't remember. I need to find it where it was published. There was a pretty interesting article about the experience. I'm not sure the script fully based on the article, but the consultants who really had this, like, really mm-hmm. worked in Moscow, they also were, I think, somewhat like consulting the movie. So again, it's mm-hmm. not like, um, you know, how usually the movies are made, especially about some historical thing, fully like just like fictionalized kind of mm-hmm. like gags, you know, especially if you try to make a comedy. But this one has, again, as a Russian, as a Moscovite, so much veracity that it's uncanny. Well, and what's funny is if you read just like reader comments, like viewer comments on certain sites, there's some people who will claim it's totally it's totally false. But what are they claiming? They're, claim- they're claiming that it's these three guys. Their careerism made them like blow up and inflate the role that they played, that they never had that much to do with the election. But I thought, but even that doesn't ruin it. It just adds another layer of hilarious cynicism and careerism (laughs) and being out for yourself. That's even better. I hope that's true. (laughs) Well, well, another, it's actually interesting. Yeah, I bet, I bet it's true. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, I mean, what, just some three sort of fairly uh, low level guys. guys. Low level, not even high level operators from DC can change the The course of of Russia. (laughs) No, but but the, the truth is so, uh, again, from, I mean, my sort of political or whatever, historical knowledge, the truth is that um, they and whoever else was working, there were Russians also working on the campaign with this going negative and the sort of like, uh, for the first time actually in Russia, introducing this um, kind of media, more more savvy, especially for former mm-hmm. Soviet Union, more savvy propaganda techniques that were in America for so long since basically, what is it, Edward Bernays, basically, early 20th century, again, started, um, you know, devising it in America. America. But anyway, and they introduced it only in the 90s into Russia. But the, the, the truth is, um, the way the history goes is that those elections of 96 are still considered to be rather, I don't know what, fake, stolen, because despite the fact that truly through this media campaigns and going negative, against their opponents, uh, Yeltsin's popularity did go up. You know how they show in the movie that initially mm-hmm. they were so scared because it was like single digits. Right, like right. No one wanted, wanted, no one wanted people it. People were suffering. It wasn't about ideological. It doesn't matter what is it, who's right wing. Just people were so impoverished and so like just destitute. No one wanted to vote for him. And then his uh, numbers uh, really went up just because TV and all this thing works. But the truth is the way, um, I mean, what, what I know about it, Zuganov, uh, the, uh, they used his real name. So they kind of the... Uh, um, um, what is it? Uh, the candidate from the kind of communist old guard communist right. party. Mm-hmm. He did win. It just like they kind of made him sort of like <laughs> not claim it. So the reality is, despite and and that's what uh, proves that, that argument, that, that point you brought up, that this Americans definitely like. I mean, what's not real? I mean, they're not this <laughs> super omnipotent <laughs> guys. No, like right. it sort of worked. But in the end, no, it was still. Like it was stolen, kind of, because yeah. the um, the people around Yeltsin—that's like the um, kind of original. We call them seven, seven original seven oligarchs. Everyone was united. Everyone had invested interest for him to win again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the reality of I don't know vote counting didn't matter. And uh, <laughs> so, so the, the reality is like yeah, the the kind of this like media manipulation goes to a point of trying to really sway the vote. But uh-huh. in the end, you still have to do the kind of old school, very <laughs> very old school, very old world, mm-hmm. just pure you know whatever stealing. And, stealing. And, <laughs> And uh, potentially, no one knows because it was weird. So Zuganov actually did win. Mm-hmm. And there was like a second round. Anyway, it was really, really bizarre kind of lengthy election. I think it's European style. In America, you don't have it here. Mm-hmm. We have sometimes like second round. Like if, if it's too tight, you go into the, again, like um, like a, a next step. And the mm-hmm. thing is that um, somehow, he will never probably talk about it. I don't know where they threatening his life. I don't know. It's completely weird. So he sort of basically admitted that he didn't sort of agreed that he didn't win, says Yuganov. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, he sort of fully integrated as this managed, we call it managed opposition leader, integrated into this, again, like fully corrupt continuation, mm-hmm. continuing system. And he's still around. So wow. he was around Yeltsin, totally integrated as a kind of like completely toothless communist party leader. And then around Putin, he's, he's still around. He's feeling great I don't know <laughs> and um, there were recently pictures everyone was laughing at them he was like you know leader of communist party he was dressed in this I think it was Nike or Adidas I think Nike full Nike red outfit with some kind of other <laughs> Nike stuff which was kind of hilarious uh-huh. posing as the people's some kind of 
again, <laughs> people scanned it. So in short, I don't know. It's all it's all very shady what exactly happened, but mm-hmm. um, pretty sure there was something more than just media campaigns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were more more uh, old school tactics. Let's right, put this right, way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like politely <laughs> for Yeltsin's <laughs> power, and yeah, while he was actually like fully incapacitated, I think at some point, and uh, and then yeah. they created a hospital bed in his uh, country side house and kind of showed only his face from his bed to the voters it was it's really funny like if anyone wants to read there are pretty funny memoirs of Yeltsin I think called Midnight Diaries mm-hmm. or Midnight Diary uh, supposedly written by Yeltsin it's translated into English but it's actually there was like a ghostwriter obviously and yeah <laughs> it sort of covers that period I don't know not very honestly but somewhat and there's definitely conversations between him and Bill Clinton that are kind of funny mm-hmm. uh, because yeah he was desperate and calling Bill Clinton for help you know and I think <laughs> it's weird right and supposedly yes. Bill Clinton did help yes it was kind of in his interest also exactly. to explore democracy as Joe mm-hmm. Gal- Goldblum character said you know democracy is our biggest expert so they were supposedly helping I don't know <laughs> but yeah anyway but if you wanted to really find out the kind of <laughs> The uh, extreme cynicism of American system spinning Boris is uh, surprisingly inside, insightful film. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend. Yeah, un- un- unknown, relatively unknown gem, strangely unknown gem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like either definitely Dave. I actually didn't watch Dave until recently. I, I wonder, is there some kind of list I would love to get hold of it of sort of this unknown, not extremely popular? Okay, Dave is popular. I just didn't know about it. But Spinning Boards really no one knows. Films that are actually like a joy to watch and we very do an episode. I would love to do an episode on just like the, the best films you've never heard of kind of thing because yeah, yeah, th- if you have insight I would do it I, I would like to know about those films because I well, most yeah. likely don't know yeah 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 well we could poll some people on Facebook and see what people say that would be worth doing yeah Good point. You know what? Let's try. I'm Let's not on Facebook it. since summer, but oh, I'll do it. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's like it's almost like a real uh, public service. It is. You know. It is. You know, I really wondered when I watched Spinning Boris if the title hadn't hadn't been part of it. If they had another <laughs> title, it's like the title. You can see people going, "I what is that, this?" That yeah. doesn't immediately make me want to under either understand what you're talking about or want to see it. And you know, the part of the reason supposedly that the the history of like politicking films tends to start after World War II is supposedly the watchword for the studio system in Hollywood was political films are absolute death. Do not touch them. They tried always to tamp down writers who wanted to do political films. Of course, they did some anyway, but they really, that was, that was just kind of a, a basic tenet that that's a way to kill box office, presumably because you're always risking alienating part of your audience half the people yeah yeah. oh yeah because there's like a sort of a a split or divide in the country exactly Uh well that's why actually oh that's super interesting because it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. but that's why the smartest political films they're so they're frequently so so tricky it's hard to tell which side are you on or Right. right. Sometimes the good films are kind of like more complex or subtle. I mean, how about Manchurian Candidate, which is so hilariously great because it's the ultra right right wingers who turn out to be the, the hidden communists, and you're just like it's head spinning the reveal of the yeah. of the yeah. <laughs> or Starship yeah. Troopers or something like yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> gotta go do a stealth thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those insects or but I even it even made me wonder if the if you know we both love the film Election by Alexander. Pain. It's my favorite. Still my favorite. But yeah. I, I didn't realize it. It flopped horribly. I hadn't. I was reading up on it, and I went, "Really?" Because everyone I knew, of course, went and saw it and loved it. But apparently, it bombed. I mean, it got great, great review. Yeah, I had no idea. But I wonder if the title "Election," if Hollywood wasn't right, if just like political films are risky, maybe I don't know. I'm amazed. I was amazed to find that out. Actually, the film Election, oh, oh, I almost forgot about it. I, I mm. love it. I've watched it so many times. I mean, it's such a smart way and and, and weirdly um, effective. And it's like a, a, geni- a really genius film for all mm-hmm. times. That kind of and kept, uh, It's like about a high school election into mm-hmm. the, uh, what do you call it? Like president of the... Yeah, um, class president. Class yeah. president. Which is essentially, what's wonderful is essentially a meaningless role that you put on your resume kind of... <laughs> 
Yeah, nothing. completely. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was it takes place in a small town in mm-hmm. uh, what is it, Nebraska, the usual thing which Alexander Payne does. But it really in this one, it's I think it's his best one really. But oh, it's, I do it too. encapsulates in this like satirical, pretty subdued way, like just the America. That's like this it is really American does. kind of like political system. And you can really do like a high school movie seemingly kind of light and just almost <laughs> I don't know what is it about it's just some love affairs and like some ambition of a really young girl but then mm-hmm. it really is, speaks and like captures something about the American spirit that very rarely is actually possible possible well, to for, capture for example what, what so many other political films do show which is mm-hmm. the process itself will drive you to your worst self so so you watch everyone just degrading as, the, as they continue to try to, to win in the most cutthroat fashion this mm-hmm. pointlessly <laughs> this pointless election that gives no one any power whatsoever and you also get the immortal character of Tracy Flick played by Reese yeah. Witherspoon in a role that she never topped or even came anywhere near which still seems like a type, and you know that she's a she's a recognized political type because people refer to oh so and so is essentially a Tracy Flick kind of character. And so who was it? That, God, I just read that there was a there is a political a woman. Is Tracy yes, Flick. There's so many. It's, it's almost always a slur against a woman. Kind mm-hmm. of figures. Yeah, and I'm forgetting. I just read. It could be a guy too. I feel like it oh, shouldn't it could be. The, the Tracy Flick character you can you can absolutely see, you know, comes from super troubled circumstances, which they 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 they, they gloss over desperately, mm-hmm. and they become insanely insanely ambitious in this uptight, mm-hmm. horrifying, pencil straightening kind of kind of way. And yeah, everything is about building the resume, building yeah. this entirely superficial look of achievement. Hillary Clinton is kind of a grimmer, you know, Tracy <laughs> Flick. Um, but also, Tracy Flick is kind of interesting. And, uh, and uh, the, I mean, the, the movie and the election movie kind of interesting that way. It really shows, well, I don't know what other movies show it, like with such precision and uh, humor, that ultimately it's she's the only person for whom this like stupid election into the becoming like mm-hmm. uh, president of the class matter because, exactly. because everyone so else has another look. agenda or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, but also, or for someone, it's just a procedure for mm-hmm. director of the school or mm-hmm. teaches, it's like whatever, it's just their life day to day but for her so it really kind of speaks I think it really captures something because when we talk about this corrupt people joining the corrupt system the kind of the newer version of the you know take on politics it's like who the election really matters for like the people who are getting elected we're getting elected it's not like, yeah. it's not like you saying oh and then I will bring this to the people and do this for mm-hmm. you please vote for me it only matters to you so exactly you'll get me into a better school in Tracy Flick's case exactly yeah. it's <laughs> like I need to get elected to go to Harvard. Uh-huh. Please vote. Please vote. And that's and that's like captures it. Gr- well, and great. Remember, remember the character of Tammy who 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 just who gets into yeah. the election for purely you know cynical reasons, just yeah. to expose how stupid the election is. And she winds up getting expelled, and then being you know because she's she's a lesbian she was the character. Most candidate, yes, but she winds up getting expelled for saying all these very true things in her speech, mm-hmm. and then gets to sent to an all girl Catholic school, which is her idea of heaven. So it all works out well for her. But I mean, it's just like just the just the fact that her calling out what the actual process is and what it's about, of course, gets her thrown out of the process. So that's also very brilliant. No one dares <laughs> yeah. say what they're involved in. No one. That's true. Exactly. But, you know, while we're already on pain and we're mm-hmm. probably wrapping up, do you know his earlier film before election, maybe like five or four years before, Citizen Ruth? Yes. It's a great it movie. Is. It really is. Very, very... Yeah, and it's, it's also not as good as election, of, but it's still very, very daring, and, and it has the, the political aspect as well. It's actually mm-hmm. I'm thinking about yeah, the kind of <laughs> the uh, what is it, Christian fundamentalists, pro-lifers fighting the kind yeah. of the liberals using the poor sort yeah, of it's another uh, great white trash. Yes, Laura Dern is the poor is the poor <laughs> working class woman who's pregnant, and she's just a political football to both the the right and the left as they fight out, you know, their stances on abortion. So it's in that way, it's very and shocking. Kind of cynical, and they're yeah. both very very cynical. It's all about compa- uh, campaigning and mm-hmm. <laughs> an image, and how is this going to look? And then, meanwhile, she's standing in the middle, going, uh, "I'm so poor, I can't afford to have this kid." But on the <laughs> other hand, you know, it's just like really, yeah, I should watch that again. That's a great film. It's very dark and, yeah. and but also hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I should rewatch it too. I think this one he had it for a while. I, I don't know. He somehow managed to convince people to to like give him money. It's his first. I think it's his mm-hmm. first big film. I think it is. That, yeah, because before that, I only saw. I don't know. We should move it into a different episode. That's mm-hmm. one of the movies I think that would be a good one. Of like, yes, exactly, a hidden gem. His his first film. It's available online. The Passion of Martin film oh. he made uh, as his like MFA, I guess, thesis from UCLA. I'm not sure, something like that. And it, this is, I, I mean, <laughs> this is a really maybe one of the like the most genius films, kind of stu- still student films I've ever seen. It's amazing. Oh wait, I think you had me see that one. What was it? What's Did that I? one about again? I remember the title. It's about a guy, a young photographer in Los Angeles, who. Uh, gets obsessed. He meets this girl at a, I don't know, at his uh, photo uh, exhibition. He's a photographer, kind of like a street photographer. And he starts getting obsessed with her and uh, and things follow. He, he's, yeah. Do, do you remember? That, I mean, that's the gist of the Maybe story. Maybe you told me about it. I didn't see it. Maybe, Maybe that's you what Because yeah. you, you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You would know why I'm raving so much about it. Mm. Uh, you would know. Yeah. And it's, uh, I believe it's actually maybe on, even on YouTube, something like ridiculous. Well, let's like do that. that. Let's definitely do that. That would be a great episode. I'd love to. That's That really is a public service because, yes, people don't know. And people, you know, that so often happens too that directors' early films are their great films that put them on the map and then they they go on betraying their that legacy for their entire their rest of their career. They're never as good again. Not yeah. even betraying, but their vision, especially if they do get embraced by bigger money and by whatever, by Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, frequently, very few, ex- with very few exceptions, like let's say David Lynch, frequently they just yes, get they get pushed, know, watered down. I feel mm-hmm. like not even bet- they don't necessarily betray; they like watered down. It's like the same. There was like a charge, and then it gets weaker and weaker mm-hmm. and weaker mm-hmm. and weaker. Mm-hmm. Something like that's I don't yeah. know. That seems to be frequently the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they washed out, no one. Wants them, <laughs> <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but I don't know why. Uh, why do I have to be so mean? But not, not everyone goes kind of <laughs> down right. like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's try to okay. do that. So you should crowdsource. These I will. Movies. I will crowdsource some titles, and we can we can try to think of some of our own. I know I know some, but you're right. It might be hard to think of them without prompting. Yeah, so. because like, that's the whole point. I was, mm-hmm. I, I kind of potentially want to be surprised too, but right. also I, I can create my own list of stuff that I think probably no one knows. Okay. Perfect. Which I might be first wrong, but cool. So, um, well, all right. So we're done. <clears throat> Thanks everyone. Happy election season. Hope you're enjoying it. Cause it's been just great. Hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like a mix of uh, now what <laughs> election movie, you know, Tracy Flick, character and the veep <laughs> and the veep now in the real going to be in the real white house what a mm. what a celebration just mm. we should be all <laughs> giddy yeah. and jubilant about this mm. yeah and and oh it's just like a little like not election joke but it's a kind of russian mm. thing that we joke around among russians here in america so biden with all his uh, slight clearly i don't know what to call it like onset there's something clearly there on set of dementia. He really reminds, like, I guess, the Russians who mm-hmm. know how he talks and how he looked, kind of Brezhnev. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the later, oh, the uh, late general, Brezhnev, yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. with huge, with huge eyebrows because he started to have um, at some point also speech impediment. He was mm-hmm. like just like you know getting old and sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell. And uh, his rule was pretty long and considered like stagnation. Mm-hmm. And so why I find it relative to somewhat somewhat relevant, not fully. It's a bit of a joke obviously called Biden Brezhnev uh, because yeah it sort of seems like it, it the only way you can celebrate it is because you celebrate like the at least okay you're getting rid of Trump but you're getting like the old bad signation we're just we're just p- sort of hoping to put a put a pin in it just hold hold a little bit of what of what's left <laughs> Yeah, that's so Brezhnev. And that if you want to, <laughs> and then if you want to continue this analogy, which I mean, I'm no political analyst, but just if this specific analogy, I mean, this this doesn't end well. No. This type of Brezhnev like stagnation will add. Um, we had after that called glossness. It's more younger reformist comes in. Mm-hmm. Might be I know, sort of might be well intentioned. not clear, like Gorbachev or something. And then <laughs> and then the ship is really gonna sink. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I'll enjoy the years of stagnation. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll have to do our best with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. While well, it lasts. <laughs> oh man. Well, on this note, <laughs> on this cheerful note, we we will conclude. All right. In a week, next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.